everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-511-3535. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-511-3535. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-511-3535. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-511-3535. 800-511-3535. Commissioner Jim Donlin. If you're on Medicare with limited income, you may qualify for help paying your premiums, deductibles, and prescription drug costs. Limits on income and assets for these programs have changed, so you may qualify for help now, even if you were denied in the past. Call our Senior Health Insurance Program at 1-800-259-5300 to see if you can save on your Medicare cost. Brought to you by the Senior Health Insurance Information Program. Keyshawn Johnson. Jay Williams, and Max Kellerman. You've seen the last of Baker Mayfield in the Cleveland Browns uniform. They've got to figure out with that $19 million fifth-year option, somebody else may take it on and look at it as an opportunity to pick up some draft picks along with that in a trade. But I think you've seen the future go bye-bye. GJ and Max, mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River. It's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. You know, it is two different states. Associate head coach Alan Fry joins us here in Wichita. Although, it kind of it, it resembles New Orleans from this aspect of it. It's flat. So, water towers, <laughs> TV antennas, they tend to be the tallest structures as I look outside the window here. It's flat and it's 80 degrees somehow in Kansas in <laughs> winter. I don't know. That's not the norm. We, we have come here and it's been um, rather cold here most of the time. Rather cold. Yeah. Uh, including snow. So the last time you joined us, we were on the road trip. Was it Tulsa? It was. It was Tulsa. Ratings went through the roof. <laughs> my, uh, my, my boss and owner said, go down the hole, keep them another segment. You got film, though, coming up here in a little bit. So I, I know I at least have you for one segment. But we always talk on, on the road. We always touch on different aspects. And I try to get, like, coaching perspective on it. Because regardless of either the sport, women's or men's basketball, and the level, college or pros, I think there are certain things that I think do translate that you can sh- sort of chat about. Sure. This morning we're, we're having breakfast, and there it is on first take. Should, you know, did LeBron make a mistake going to the Lakers? The report came out right after that that the Lakers and Westbrook have agreed it's probably best this summer to move him. <laughs> so right. you know that's happening already. So it's, we always touch on it because you look at the Pels, and I know it's only two games since the All-Star break. Right. But C.J. McCollum looks like that chemistry with that team seems to be working. So are there keys? Is it just a crapshoot? I mean, how 
are there certain characteristics to building team chemistry, camaraderie on the court and in the locker room? Probably a little bit of all of those things. Um, you know, when you take a guy like Russ, I mean, you, you know, they always say, who do you put around LeBron? Put shooters around him. You know, and Russ isn't a shooter. Um, so I do think that that's part, that was a gamble on the Lakers part, taking a guy who, who really isn't known as a shooter, cause that's kind of, he, we already have a slasher. Right. That's what LeBron is. Um, so, you know, whereas with CJ, I think the other thing too is that you look at is, you know, it's sort of a new start for a guy. So I think with a guy like CJ, you know, new start for him, new place, what can he make of it? And sometimes, you know, the word we always use in coaching is buy-in. Like, where's the buy-in on, to my role on this team, right? Well, you know, a guy like that is probably really motivated to buy in when you make that move to a new franchise. And and obviously, too, I think one of the unique aspects of it is when you come over, say, in a trade or your son is a free agent, there are expectations, right? I mean, there's a reason a team or you go recruit a top player in the state. There's expectations that you're doing it for a reason, and if you're one of the top or a reason you are the pick, it's to lead, to score, to sort of be the top player. And when you look at C.J. McCollum's last six games, I mean, Coach, uh, 22's his lowest. Right. Everything else is in the 30s for right. the most part of high 20s. He's done his thing, but at the same time, you're seeing the team sort of learn how they can still be their same. Brandon Ingram, still kind of what he was before the trade. You start to see guys like Jackson Ains who are playing well, still continuing to play well. Herb Jones has his role. That's hard, isn't it, to sort of – integrate all the pieces that were working right. before you showed up, even though now you've added to it. Well, would you say they were working now? I mean, maybe they were working, but not like they are now with him there. Um, you know, and I think, you know, his usage is probably a lot higher than it was in Portland because you don't have Lillard. Um, so I, I think he, he's, he's obviously playing in this role. I mean, you know, Hayes, I mean, my son is always going on. My, my youngest Hayden is always going on about what Hayes can do and what an athlete he is. And, uh, and you know, his sky is the limit, you know. And so I think it seems like he's really – working well with him as well you know and of course Brandon Ingram is 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 a is an all-star caliber player when you talk about a guy like Jackson Hayes and what he's been able to sort of do just in this last sort of stretch I mean again I refer to it all the time I think I brought it up to you when we were at Tulsa the week before um the, the trade deadline that Monday we talked about it and we had callers calling trade Zion don't trade Jackson Hayes I mean like the guy right, played right. himself in, in a time span to untradeable, literally. They got right. rid of Nikhil Alexander-Walker and not Jackson Hayes. Correct. So does it still happen even at your level? Or, like, I mean, obviously we saw with the Pels here where you have that vision and some, whether it's an injury, whether it's a trade that opens up a space or, I don't know, necessity, or you try something where a player all of a sudden goes from what he would be at center now at four and all of a sudden – it's like the light came on and he looks like a completely different player. Yeah. Is it the light came on or is it a better setting system for him even with CJ? You look at what Odell Beckham did with the Rams. He wasn't doing it with the Rams. You know, he goes there and I think you look at a couple of things. A, you know, sort of the playbook worked in his favor, but B, you've got, um, you got a situation where he's super motivated to, to make it work, you know, and I think that's what's happening here yeah. with the Pels right now. I mean, obviously we're, we can make the playoffs here, right? We should be in it. You've been a part of tough conversations sometimes with mm -hmm. players, and sure. even remember with staff members mm -hmm. as well. And I, I'm referencing CJ, I mean, um, Willie Green talking to Devontae Graham, who was a starter all season, sure. was a free agent acquisition for this team. The hope was to be this point guard, points, and things of that nature. And it looks like the best role for him 
is to be that scorer, be that guy off the bench. And that's a difference, Coach, right? It is. It is. And I think that's – you start talking about the crapshoot. You know, you, you talk to these guys who um, who coach in the G League, and you got you got guys who score 22 points a game, you know, and then they get moved up to the NBA, and you know, in a 10-day contract. And they're told, okay, your role on this team – I know you were the number one guy on that team you were on. Your role on this team is to stand in this corner. And if somebody helps off of you, we're going to throw you the ball and have to shoot the three. But that's your new role. Like, and can you make that play? And yeah. can you handle that role when you've maybe been a guy with the ball in your hands at, at a lower level? You know, so that is a crapshoot trying to figure out who can do that in pressure, pressure situations, you know, um, be, who, when they haven't necessarily played that role before. Devontae Graham, after the last win, spoke about Willie Green showing up to his house. Yeah. To yeah. explain why he needed him to do this role and, and how to feel about it. And, and, you know, look, you've been a part of situations where probably at practice, right, or in your office with your staff or, I mean, that's the normal setting. When you saw that as a coach, what did that tell you about Willie? Well, I I, I think he wants to make – you know, we talk about buy-in. Like, that's the way to do it. You look a guy in the eye. And, I mean, remember now, all these NBA guys – you're talking about, you know, I coach women's basketball. These NBA guys have been pampered since they were 13, 14, 15 years old, maybe even before. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always been the star, wherever he was most likely. And now he's being asked to do something different because it's a different level. And that happens for us, too. I mean, we, we've got four kids who we really like on our team who just aren't getting a whole bunch of playing time. Because we've got some really good players. We've won a bunch of games in a row, you know, and, and it's not necessarily a right. negative reflection on their ability. Mm-hmm. It's that, you know, the people ahead of them are playing better. And I'm sure that's what's going on. I'm sure I would much rather have that conversation with a kid than, than them not right. know. And especially when you talk about an NBA guy. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's tough, right? I mean, yeah. obviously, look, we've won nine in a row to win this basketball. Right. And you're, you're trying to close out. You didn't lose in the month of February, right. things of that nature. So, you're kind of probably going to stick with what's working. At the same time, you know players want to play. And at the same time, there's different roles for it as well. And that's why I thought, you know, chemistry, buy-in, I think there's so many different elements and criteria. I think you have to have a player that's receptive. I think you have to have a staff that is willing to accept, hey, maybe let's change the role. Let's try to do those things. And then sometimes it's sheer luck, isn't it? It's sheer luck. But, you know, you talk about chemistry. There's different kind of personalities that can play different kind of roles. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, maybe those top guys wouldn't be able to do that. And, you know, he's got to be able to have that conversation with that guy, which apparently he felt like he wanted to go to his house to yeah. do. You know, it's, like I said, it's pretty interesting. Jimmy, uh, your Arnold associate head coach, Alan Fry of the Tulane women's basketball team. What you got for us today? Hello, Jimmy. All right, well, Jimmy's not playing his role. There he is. There he is. What's up, Jimmy? Hey, can you hear me? Yep. Hey, just looking at the scope of basketball, it's I enjoy it. You know, I'm a big basketball fan. I know it's a football state, but um, you know, UNO's uh, got a home game tonight, and uh, they're kind of it's going to come down between UNO, Nickel State, and. Uh, SLU, it looks like, to win the Southland Conference. So mm-hmm. maybe a local team will go to the big dance. Um, UNO's dropped two in a row, and Nickel State's looking really good, and uh, they got to play each other Saturday. Uh, what do you guys see for LSU? You think they're going to make the tournament? And uh, what do you, who do you see coming out of the Southland as far as UNO, Nickel State, and SLU coming down the stretch? Well, they play at the end of the year, so I don't want to say, Coach, that I um, – thank you, Jimmy, for the phone call – that I – Elgato Negroed, the head coach, Mark Schlesinger, but 
since he came on our show, they have not won again. Oh, geez. That's not good. <laughs> they're, they're 0 you're 2. The, you're the jinx, huh? I am the jinx. Uh, yeah. They still have them projected as the Tuesday, Wednesday, the first four, you know, kind of um, right. games in the tournament. You know, the Tigers, you see them as a sixth seed. They got it. Obviously, it's kind of what your team's sort of doing, too. You can do so much in regular season play, but com- the conference tournaments actually do matter. Right? No, they certainly matter. You know, it's not just for, you know, especially teams like that that might be in a bubble. I mean, the thing with LSU men is when you turn that tape on and watch them, you know, they can guard. And they're not a great offensive team, but they can guard. And that can that can travel. You know, that's a kind of that, – that can win a tournament or at least push you farther in a tournament. So um, I'm impressed with the way they play defense. Defense. I think one of the things that we see when it comes to um, March Madness here as well as we kind of transition to college basketball, though, <laughs> yeah. your team's getting yeah. ready yeah. to um, to do that as well next week. We'll be in Fort Worth for that tournament, playing every day, knowing you have goals and sets. But then obviously when the main tournament comes, how strange was it to see teams one through six on the men's side lose on Saturday? It's like it's unheard of. just everywhere? Yeah, it was unheard of. Yeah. Well, you know, men's basketball is much, has great, much greater parity than us on the women's side, mainly for two reasons, because we, we you know, their guys are one and done, and they're right. gone. They're best players. We, you know, a best player on the women's side is going to be there for four years. You know, we, we used to be in the league with UConn, and you had to deal with Brianna Stewart for four years. It wasn't, you know, like the people had to deal with Kevin Durant for one. It's it's a gigantic difference. And then we also have more scholarships than they do. So, right. you know, uh, uh, Tennessee and UConn and Stanford have two people sitting at the end of their bench who could probably be playing, you know, at a lower level. When you take a look at um – Obviously, sometimes some games, it's just one of those games. It just kind of happens when you look at it. We all know our buddy Josh Bates, Tulane women's basketball. Right. Notre Dame women's basketball side, he used to be here. They were down 45-3 to at yeah. one point yeah. in the first half um, this past weekend. And they're a ranked team. Yeah. And they're going to be more than likely in the tournament. It, it just – are that – you just bury that game. You know, <laughs> you, 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 hear coaches, you, you hear coaches <laughs> talk about it. You just bury it and move on. I mean, you can't – I mean, you know – we definitely try to fix post game um, things that we did wrong, but I, I don't know where you go when you're losing 45 to three or four or whatever the heck it was. So, uh, you know, that's hard. We go back to the buy-in thing. I mean, I think you got to get your team that next day to go, okay, you know, we've had a good season. We had a terrible day. Right. And that's one of the things I'm saying about LSU men is, you know, if you can play defense, even if you're struggling to score, mm-hmm. you know, you got a chance. And uh, in that game, they couldn't, they were struggling to score, but they couldn't stop them either. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame ranked. 20th in both polls. So, yeah, even ranked teams go through sure. some of that as sure. well. Do you get a sense and feel I asked you when you sat down how was shoot-around because you had just come in from shoot-around. I, I know Coach Stockton has always said it. You, some days you can tell, some days you sort of can't. In your all your years of coaching, can you legitimately tell when a team is ready to play or not? It's really hard. You know, and you listen to people at all levels talk about that. It, it's really hard. You know, uh, it really is. And you just try to – Try to figure, and even within that, you know, who is going to play well and how quickly you move away from maybe a starter who seems to be struggling and go to somebody on the bench. I mean, I was watching a kid on Sunday night play on one of the SEC women's teams who doesn't get to play much. And all of a sudden, because of injuries and attrition and, you know, the portal, you know, this kid got a double-double. And she's a senior, and she's never done that before. And so, you know, sometimes it's opportunity as well, yeah. you know. Yeah, like I said, I think it's going to be interesting. Now, chest that we've had this year as we wrap up here and then just moving forward, how transfers, how opportunities are going to open up different things. And I think one thing that I've learned is I think coaching staff 
you're going to be adjusting throughout the offseason just as well. I, I don't know if you're going to have much of an offseason. Well, to tie it back around to the Pelicans conversation is, you know, in the NBA, you know, you have the trade deadline. So there's times where you have a team that has been working together since September or October, and maybe even before that, obviously, who, um, you know, have been doing certain things, and all of a sudden you bring in a guy like CJ, and it changes everything about the way that you want to play and do things. So you got to kind of adjust on the fly. And I think even in college with the portal, you know, the rosters just aren't going to look the same. You know, kids are just willing to transfer for almost any reason, just the grass is always greener or, you know, whatever. So we always have to be ready, I think, to adjust. And, uh, you know, I mean, this year we, we've got a transfer who's leading us in scoring, mm-hmm. um, who's fifth-year senior, Moon Erson. Um who is our leading scorer, you know, so she came in and she, she, you know, it's what you said. She bought into the coaching staff, the kids, you know, it's worked out, but it doesn't always work out. Yeah. And she won a championship. She did national you know, championship. In Baylor's, yeah. yeah. So she could have come in and be like, look, I'm a, uh... Stand over here and give me the ball. I mean, right. not that I'm that kind of person. No, right, no, 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 right. But but my point is, is we're talking about the NBA. Yeah. Is you know, NBA teams have to be ready to adjust, and you know, their roster is always fluid and it's always moving. And you know, again, even these guys you sign off of with these ten day contracts, you know, can they come in and give you a boost? You know, and if they can't, you got to move on. You yeah. got to cut bait. All right. Well, looking for win number ten later tonight here over at Wichita. All right. Hopefully, you don't. Put the jinx. I, I, I'm not going to mention it anymore. How about that? Right, that's how about, good. How about I like we just that. got a game tonight. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds All right, guys. Sales and head coach Alan Fry joining us a little bit here in uh, Wichita. Quick break. We come back. We'll go to the combine. A couple of quarterbacks spoke today. Some coaches here as well. Some interesting tidbits, uh, including the Cardinals. My goodness. Uh, if you're Carson Wentz, it's probably time to start looking elsewhere. <laughs> where you go, the way your head coach and GM spoke of you. I'll play that bite where you come back. It's the Sports Hangover in ESPN New Orleans. Today's Medical Minute is provided to you by Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. Hello, I'm Billy Nakian, the director of the Spine Center of Excellence at Thibodeau Regional. Have you had a recent neck or back injury, or have you been suffering with recurrent neck and back pain? Have you been searching for relief? Thibodeau Regional has developed a unique approach treating neck and back disorders. The Spine Center of Excellence provides a comprehensive, patient-centered approach to ensure that you receive the right care at the right time from the right provider. The Spine Center is different because it offers centralized access to multiple specialties and services. Patients and their referring physicians are led by a nurse navigator through a process of assessment and treatment, individually tailored to the patient's unique condition. In addition to total care coordination, the Spine Center's comprehensive services include everything from high-tech diagnostic imaging to physical therapy, surgery, alternative medicines, and chronic pain services. If you're experiencing back or neck pain, call today, 985-493-4501. The Spine Center of Excellence of Thibodeau Regional will put you on the path back to your normal routine. This Medical Minute was sponsored by Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, nationally recognized for providing the highest level of quality care and patient satisfaction. It's time to have fun, so come on in. Come on in and win. It's magic. Cash magic. Come and feel the magic. Cash magic. Great news for our video poker players. Cash Magic LaRose has reopened. Yes, Cash Magic LaRose is open and bigger and better than ever in our brand new casino right here in LaRose on Highway 308. So come on in and win. You'll always be a VIP Cash Magic. Gambling problem 877770 stop. Oh, big talker, ain't you? 
man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. 800-998-1003 if you'd like to chime into the conversation here. It's the Sports Hangover. Gus Kattengill with you. Jordan Kleber will join us here again at 145. We posted a couple of questions of the day. If you would like to chime in on all of our different topics, we've heard from Jake Madison locked on Pels, Ross Jackson locked on Saints, Pelicans taking on the Kings tonight, and it is a big game as it is the six-point favorite for the Pelicans. Only 11 games remain, so who you got? What you got here today on the game tonight and, and and do you think they can win their third in a row and continue their streak and continue to do well so i want to hear from you here as well uh also about Jameis winston another video got posted up there today or yesterday i think uh about him throwing some deep balls throwing on a football field you see him dropping back throwing it from what looks like the 45 50 yard line it's being caught somewhere i can't really see it looks like the 10 or 5 yard line maybe Short right, uh, front right pylon by the end zone, but it's the deep right side, and you can just see that he's getting more and more uh, comfortable and getting more and more ready. And I asked Ross, and I'm asking you guys too: Is that is this something where you know March 14th? That's a Monday, and it's two weeks away, right? Next Monday is the seventh. The one after that is the 14th. Is is it where you want to see reports are for me and Rappaport or? You know, Nick Underhill or Adam Schefter that the Saints have agreed to terms with, you know, Jameis Winston. Lots of different quarterbacks have been speaking um, as well that could go high in the draft or not. I, I almost feel like, again, a couple months ago you saw a lot of NFL experts, draft experts saying, you know, this isn't the draft where you're going to have a lot of really high quarterbacks or guys that are legit first rounds, but you you may have uh, a situation where teams kind of reach, teams that sort of feel like they need to go get a quarterback. Panthers, you know, picking in the top ten, what is it, six, I think. You see a lot of mock drafts going with Kenny Pickett as high as where as, as they go. Mel Kuyper uh, and Todd McShay months ago saying, you know, back in December, that, that this is a draft where the first quarterback should probably be 12th or above, you know, or later. And do the Falcons in a top 10 look for their replacement for Matt Ryan? Does Matt Ryan get traded somewhere else? And I want to bring that up because there's a lot of people kind of touching on what do you do and where do you go with, with certain quarterbacks? And it's interesting to sort of hear how some people nationally feel about certain quarterbacks, including uh, Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. Again, you have four or five teams that have starters currently. The Niners are one. Jimmy Garoppolo, who had shoulder surgery, by the way, this week, and but are looking to move on. Think they can get better. Think the grass may be greener elsewhere. Listen to head coach Frank Reich this morning when asked about Carson Wentz. Stuck my neck out for him. You know, I stuck my neck out for him. So, um, you know, last year I was a big part of big part of that decision to get him here. And so, um, you know, I I believe he's going to continue. I believe he's going to continue to have a lot of success at quarterback. 
That might be here. It might not be here. That decision has yet to be determined. Like, just think about that. Isn't that incredible? When you think about it, it may be here, may not be here. I think he's going to have a lot of success. If you think he's going to have a lot of success, why why wouldn't it be there? Why wouldn't you want him there? Um, the GM, I don't have that just yet, but the, the GM of the Colts was touching on the fact that he said that you need somebody you can depend on when it comes to Chris Ballard, the GM. That somebody you, you, you can depend on. He says, I don't have a direct answer when it comes to that. And <laughs> that's probably not what you probably want to hear from your GM or head coach, right? When it comes to quarterback, if you're Carson Wentz. So that's kind of what happened earlier today when he was, um, talking about the, the situation and that was odd. Here, I think this is uh, this is the bite. Yeah, Mr. Arsay and Frank and I will sit down over the next 10 days and, and figure out where it's going. Um, but it, ultimately, we do, we'll do what's best for the team, for the Colts, both in the short term and in the long term. I'm not saying we don't, but in the long term, best interest for us, I think as we sit down and work through whether Carson's the long term best answer or not, is the best way I can put it. We're not there yet. I'm not there yet. Um, and that's something that we'll talk about as a group and move forward. And whatever decision we make um, will be the best one for us. I know I believe in Carson. Um, you know, I believe that, you know, I, I believe in him. I, I stuck my neck out for him. So that's the bite you heard there earlier. So <laughs> that's the Colts GM and head coach on Carson Wentz. Look, the Steelers need a quarterback. The Panthers looking I mean, they went and signed Cam Newton and started him. So, you know, Matt Rule isn't sold on Sam Darnold. I just, and I just, and only bring this up, and I'm only taking time here in the segment to kind of bring that up because how much is that going to be part of the Jameis Winston decision? And I don't mean, I think there's, there's a legit desire for both parties to still continue. Which sort of started. I think Jameis likes New Orleans. I think he likes the proximity to his family. Um, he already has a familiarity with the team, the offense. And, and I think that goes into a lot of things that maybe a lot of times media or fans will think about a decision. You know, going somewhere to relearn the system, be able to work. I mean, we just spoke about with, with Coach Fry here about continuity and the right them the right fit of players the right fit of personalities to what is now in the NFL win now especially at those cities if Jameis is going to go to Indianapolis or Seattle or somewhere else that could be looking to trade or switch their quarterbacks the expectation level is going to be better than their current starter and you know again all it takes is one team Throw out there 22 mil, 25 mil, 20 mil. Now, I don't know if they're going to do that for a quarterback that got injured and had knee surgery. But again, knee surgery in today's day and age, ACL. I mean, we saw a player, you know, come back from what an Achilles tear this year and, and play. Towards Achilles in what preseason and then played in the postseason, I think, for Buffalo. So, I think Winston will play. I mean, Joe Burrow 
played in the Super Bowl following major knee surgery of two ligaments. And you're seeing on March 2nd, March 1st, I think was that last video, Jameis Winston dropping back, throwing, doing all those different things. So it'll be interesting to kind of see where some of these guys go. And uh, they're still trying over in Tampa. Bruce Arians was on the NFL Network, and he was asked about the, the, the latest story this week is that Tom Brady may wait until – Close to the season, say he wants to come back. The Bucks will be over the cap, puts them in a situation where they have to trade him, do those things, and will the Bucks trade him? Will that be the case? Listen to this exchange with uh, Bruce Arians, head coach of your Buccaneers over on the NFL Networks. Very interesting. He said this morning, Jason Light, the GM, he was on Good Morning Football, and he said that they would leave the light on. You guys would leave the light on. For Door time. open, light on, all of it. Okay, so he's welcome. Obviously, you would take him back. You would in, want him back. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. But how... How do you leave the light on? Like, you're looking at other quarterbacks. You could draft a quarterback. You could sign a quarterback, trade for a quarterback. Well, then what if in August, if that light is still on, he decides that he wants to come back and you went and found someone else? That other guy's number two. No matter what you paid for. Nope. No, Tom Brady's coming back. He's back. So there is a sentiment, however, that that's how, if Brady wants to play, he would play the scenario. Not to make uh, you guys look bad, no. but say let you guys move on, and then when I do want to come back, you guys are stuck. No, that ain't happening. That's not Tom Brady. You don't think he would do that? No, not in a heartbeat. What if he asked for a trade? Nope. Not going to trade him? Nope. Bad business. Bad business. I'm not trading the best quarterback ever. <laughs> there you go. Jack, I see it. You're calling. Let me hit the break, and I'll bring in uh, you real quick, and then we'll go to Tim Grubbs to give us the very latest on, um, obviously, now the first two seasons of Major League Baseball that have been canceled due to a, a lockout, and it doesn't look any better for the next couple of weeks. We'll hit on that next. It's the Sports Hangover in ESPN New Orleans. Not only does the largest diamond store in Louisiana have 2,389 engagement rings. We also have 904 wedding bands. Not including the one-of-a-kind wedding band we're going to make for you. Do you have a really unique engagement ring? Are you having a hard time finding a wedding band that matches it? Come to Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers. The largest diamond store in Louisiana. He just loves saying that. Ramsey's can make a custom wedding band that fits alongside your engagement ring perfectly no matter how unusual your engagement ring is it will look like it was made for it because it was the sky is the limit when you come to the largest diamond store in louisiana dad i think aunt Lori likes saying that too you're gonna find the perfect engagement ring at ramsey's and you're gonna find the perfect wedding band too engagement rings and wedding bands are what we do and big anniversary diamonds welcome to ramsey's ramsey's diamond jewelers the largest diamond store in louisiana on veterans between bonneville and west end in metairie energize your business with bayou black electric supply in homa when you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo and Maria in Miami. 
Jules in Minneapolis, and Stan in Central Indiana. Taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations so you get the product you're looking for. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Oh, big talker, ain't you? A man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Jack, thank you for holding on, sir, through the break on the on-deck circle. The voice of the Wichita Wind Surge, Mr. Tim Grubbs, had dinner with him last night. We'll be chatting about the lockout here, but Jack, thanks for calling. What you got for us today? Hey, Gus. Um, I'll make it quick. First of all, um, about the Carson Wentz situation, I don't know how much you saw them play, but, I mean, they have a really good offensive line. They have a dominant running game. They have good receivers, but they probably need a, a playmaking receiver, and they have a good defense. The reason they didn't make the playoffs was because sometimes he just makes ridiculous decisions. Just throws the ball. You saw the highlights. He just throws the ball off for grabs. You know, just brain-dead stuff. So, I, I think the Colts are in a situation like a lot of teams. Would they like a better quarterback? Yeah, but can they get one? You know, so I, I think that's what you're hearing in that, uh, you know, right. in that little interview with the GM. Um, but, uh, hey, look, since, since you got Tim on, and, and I, I guess he's listening, um, mm-hmm. you hear some people talk you, you hear some people talk about, you know, a salary cap in baseball. But, but yeah. is, that really, is that really a thing? If you can't get the owners to share revenue, and I know that's not going to happen, okay. but I mean, can you, can you can you really ask the players to accept the salary cap if if, if the owners aren't going to make things fair among themselves? Well, it's interesting. Anyway, you say I'll, that. I'll, I'll go ahead. I'm sorry, no, I was going to say um, no, no. Go ahead. I, I'm going to play this, and then that will bring in. I thought I had it. Let's see if I save it. Oh, it's a bite from Max Serger where he talks about the CBT. Don't know why I don't see it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to play that in my interview with, with Tim here in a quick second. Let me bring him in, and he talks specifically about that as well. So I, I want to touch on that with him. So we'll lead into it. Thank you, um, Jack, for the phone call. Thank you. Yep, for sure. Um, let's bring in Mr. Tim Grubbs. Literally, it's at Mr. Tim Grubbs, the way to follow on Twitter. First off, is there any king cake left that I brought? There are. There, uh, we, I crushed. A couple pieces this morning. I know it's Ash Wednesday. You're not supposed to snack, but mm-hmm. you know I didn't get into it till this morning because I didn't get it for you from till last night. But my wife, daughter, and I all ate it, and uh, it was a very good king cake. <laughs> I tell you, they got good bakeries. They got good food here in Wichita. I'm going to say mm-hmm. that. But uh, that was much better than the king cake that I had the other day from a Wichita bakery. <laughs> I, I, I thought you'd you'd like that, you know. I, I, now, now I will say this: that thing did not want to get delivered. I, I forgot it on the way to the airport yesterday. I had to turn around and go back home and get it. My wife met me in the street to put it in the car, and then I'm coming downstairs to meet you in the lobby, and I left it in my room. I, I don't know why that that king cake just did not want to, you know, 
meet up with you, man. I don't understand. They didn't want to meet up with me, but no, it's great. (laughs) I had a piece this morning. I'll eat a piece some more tonight after the Tulane women's basketball game, and uh, Mm -hmm. certainly looking forward to that. It's funny that you and I are on the phone, and I can actually see your hotel from my window here at the ballpark. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you you see the gigantic Air Force plane that's flying outside of my window right now? (laughs) Well, they're all. I do see that gigantic Air Force. There it is. Yep, McConnell McConnell Air Force Base, literally just down the street. So I've been seeing nothing but the the tankers. What is it? The Strata Fortresses, um, flying right outside of my window here. We get them all the time. You know, they're all over the place. But, uh, well, here's what no, I wanted to I play. We should talk a little bit about Jack. You know, Jack's question before you and I yeah. get up too far off track. Um, neither side's talking salary cap. You and I both think there should be a salary cap. I completely right. agree. Um, it is not on the table. It's not even being discussed. Um, obviously, you know, the, play, the, the, the the owners or the players don't want it. I think it's best for everybody. Obviously, there'd be a floor. So players, there'd right. be more money for players. But uh, obviously, there's not a level playing field. The New York Yankees. Okay, well, I want to play this because this is what Max Scherzer had to say after the talks broke down, and he specifically talks about the CBT. The the competitive balance tax as a breakaway spending mechanism. That's how this thing was originally negotiated. And when you look at the history of 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 baseball here and and our labor. Um, we're not seeing that function as breakaway spending. We're seeing it act as a salary cap, and no other way can be can be shown uh, point blank and simple than the San Diego Padres having a higher payroll than the New York Yankees. Okay, so that easily lets you know, and you can hear it in his tone. The last thing they want is a salary cap because he 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 inferred there, didn't he? That you know, look, the Padres have a higher you know, salary than, than than the Yankees, almost like they shouldn't. But the point is, you have to spend like the Yankees in order to be that competitive, and, and that's the case. So I, I guess I kind of hear what he's saying, but that's the point. Not every owner wants to, not every owner will or can. So, but to hear Max Scherzer, one of the player reps in these negotiations, speak about it like right. that, um, they're, well, they're, that's never coming on. He's, and I get what he's doing. He's pulling out a real, a really random stat. I bet you if we go back 25 years of salaries, this is the one time that the Padres yeah. have outspent the New York Yankees. You know what I mean? So I get where he's going. It did happen in 2021. and But, you know, I guarantee over the long haul, you know, if the Padres don't do well this year, they're going to slash. You know, under the current rules, now we may have new rules and all that stuff, they would probably, and you see this, teams will make a little run, they'll spend a ton of money, and Milwaukee has done it. The Brewers have had years where they spend a ton of money, and then what do they do? They end up dumping it back down, you know, so they can get back to an affordable number and try to rebuild their team. Cleveland has done the same as well. So I get, you know, he is pulling something out. Um, I do like the fact that the the competitive balance tax, that there are some penalties in there, for example – um, if you have, you know what I mean? If you spend too little, then maybe they would, you know, too many years in a row, then maybe they wouldn't give you a little bit of a kick or anything like that, you know, with the, with the revenue sharing. I think that's great for players if the owners, I think it's great for baseball. I think it's great for the game if, you know, you can make sure that these teams that are spending $60 million in salaries, like, for example, the Marlins or the Orioles or the Pirates, you know, Make them give them an incentive to spend 120 for a couple of right. years. You know, get up there, and so they can have good teams on the field. 
And that's why I don't understand this thing. I mean, again, we go back as we talked the last week when we spoke about the possibility of this happening and now it has happened. They canceled the first two weeks of the season. But, you know, Tim, the NFL, right? The cap is the cap. You have to spend that. Don't you? you right? I mean, it, you, yes. you have to spend it. So next year is two and some change. Floor. Um, right. That, that's know, what I'm saying. You, you have know, to spend I've always it. Used the Bengal, I've always used the Bengals as an example, and they're bad now because they went to the Super Bowl this year. But, you know, for the years, the Bengals have this reputation of being a cheap team, and Cincinnati always has spent the minimum. But, you know, they've always been within $10 million of the Giants or $10 million within the Cowboys. You know what I mean? There's There's a little bit of wiggle room and obviously you know you get get a capologist in here like mickey loomis or somebody like that he can tell you where there's differences but they're not far off like every nfl team spends almost to the penny the same amount of money by the end of the year and uh, right. you know that's why they rework contracts and you'll have guys get paid bonus you know we don't have to get into all that but they have it down to a science where every team's basically spending the same amount of money Right, and that's why I don't understand that, really, why you wouldn't want that. Um, I think one of the things, too, that was frustrating, I guess, from my standpoint as a fan, I'm, you know, watching late last night when we got in after dinner and early this morning from Passin or Jesse Rogers, they're not even discussing, I guess, things that can make the game sort of better and listening to first take, screaming in the head, you know, Mad Dog, uh, Christopher Russo on, and they were going back and forth about baseballs and they, in a, in a scary place right now in terms of the games taking too long, strikeouts are at all time high, the amount of the relievers coming in, you know, and pitchers just it's just making it tough to watch. It's hard to watch. They they're they're proposing 140 games, add more teams in the postseason, so that way they can sort of get that into it. But like elements in the game that need to improve, that's not even being talked about here, Tim. No, and then we'll get to that, and I I hope that they don't wait too long where that kind of gets skipped over. Everything has to be collectively bargained when there's a pitch clock or when there's a universal DH or when there's, you know, the random run or the ghost runner at second base to start the game. All that stuff has to be collectively bargained and agreed upon. Mm-hmm. So um, anything like that, you know, automatic balls and strikes, we can go on all these things and, you know, the shift, a lot of the different weird rules that I see at the minor league level, some of them work, some of them don't. Um, you know, we have some new ones coming this year, you know, at the minor league level, but all that we, they can force it on the minor leaguers and, you know, they get the data from it after a year or two and see where it stands and see if it helps. But no, you're right. I mean, it's a sport that there's so, there's not a lot of action, you know, what is it like four minutes in between action mm-hmm. sometimes. And, I, and it's just, it needs to get going a little bit quicker. I'm, you know, me, I, I'm a baseball guy at heart, but I love football too. Football has rule changes every year. It's just baseball has this problem with ever cha- – they never change. They're always like, right. well, why don't we want to do that? Well, it's always been this way. But the NFL doesn't look anything like the NFL did 10 years ago or even 20 years ago. Sure. And I mean, unfortunately, that's why the records go by the bye-bye all the time because they're constantly mm-hmm. making it better for the offense. But it's a better product, I would agree. I would think most people would say the, the NFL season we just had, especially this playoffs, with every game coming down to walk-off wins, basically, was was incredible, and it's good for the sport. It's interesting, Eduardo Perez, uh, MLB Network. He he was um, he was on uh, ESPN a little bit earlier, and he specifically talked about how players. Um, I'm sorry, ESPN Major League Baseball analysts, and he was saying that 
you know, players should be more receptive to expanded teams. It's the players that don't want expanded playoffs. And he's like, look, more stars may get in. Mike Trout might actually be in a playoff series if these things happen. I just, look, I get and I understand players wanting more of the pie when more money from TVs come in, when owners are making more money, or as you've brought up, they're not spending any money because that's just how they do business. I understand that. But my goodness, I also don't understand that. Like, you're almost shooting yourself in the foot with a lot of this, though. I don't really understand why the players are arguing that. I don't believe they really believe it in, at heart. I think they're doing that because they figured that's a good chess piece to hold back until the final moment when it's time to try to, you know, when they're finally getting to the real details. Why mm-hmm. would you want 10 teams in the playoffs when the owners want 14 and they may end up in 12? Um, obviously, there's a lot more TV money you know, coming their way, right. they allow 12 teams or 14 teams. Everybody watches, well, not everybody, but the TV ratings for baseball playoffs go up substantially. The trade 100%. deadline changes everything. Now, all of a sudden, on July 30th, the Cubs are not selling everybody if they're still in the playoff race, if there's 14 teams Bingo. or a dozen teams, and you don't have the sell, and then so many more teams would be in it. And, and yeah, like you said, the Mike Trouts of the world, you know, we would see him play a playoff game mm-hmm. and you know even if it's just one or, or a best of three you know you'd have its brightest stars on a national stage for a couple of days and it, i think it would be awesome and I, I don't really understand why they're fighting it i think if you get too many teams in the playoffs i think it's bad obviously we talk about that with the nba a lot of times but now they okay. even have the play-in rounds and look at the interest for the play-in rounds i mean they're awesome um there's still 30 teams in baseball if even if you put 14 in, you're still well under, well, not well, but you're under 50% of the league getting in. I, I think it's in the best interest of the sport and, and growing the brand. Final thing uh, before we let you go here, Tim. What, you know, obviously going to talk, I guess, some more. Rob Manfred said they, they're going to have to regroup and, and find out what their strategy is going to go this way. I keep hearing June 1st uh, before the season goes back in. Is there another deadline as to where that is or? What, why, why is June 1st being brought up a lot? I, I don't, I don't know if that's just them just throwing that out there to make them okay. really think they're, I've thought all along, I really didn't think they'd get a deal done this weekend. I've thought for a while now that it would be probably May 1st and we would miss a few weeks and, but I don't know where June 1st is coming other than the fact that, you know, baseball's done this and it, they've done it to themselves, both sides. They locked out on December 1st. <laughs> I don't think they even <laughs> met until January. So what was yeah. why was there thirty some days of a wait? Yeah. And they really never got busy working on this deal. I mean, honestly, they really haven't gotten busy on it until what a week ago, um, and they really got hard working on it this past weekend. So I hope that they don't break for too long. I know they're breaking now, but they can come back and pick up the progress and the momentum from where we were two days ago, and and can finish it off and and hopefully have a start. April 25th or May 1st at the latest. I'd hate to think that we're not playing baseball on Memorial Day. Like you said, uh, they kind of did this to themselves, right? And look, the longer you wait, I I heard the guys talk about it this morning. Uh, You know, if they come back May, June 1st, you're going to have the NBA playoffs and finals go into it there as well. And, you know, then, I mean, Tim, July, people start getting excited about the NFL training camps. No, you're right. College football. I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like you're kind of hurting yourself, which is why everyone loves that April opening day. You kind of have it to yourself, even though I know it's the end of March Madness, but it's just the final four. You kind of have that time. 
and, and you know, piecing out the first two weekend series kind of um kind of disturbs that. Anyway, um, no, you're right. Do, it's just the ebbs and flow of baseball. Opening week is great, then it kind of goes away, and then it comes back yep. strong around Memorial Day, and then from June to training camp, it's the only game in town, so it's, yeah. it's usually pretty good. So yeah, no doubt. Let's hope they can get it done. <laughs> Well, you'll be playing ball here soon, sir. Is another one of those big. They're just going on, on and on, man. I don't know if they're getting their flight hours or what, but they're buzzing the window here in Wichita. <laughs> <Left and right. laughs> well, enjoy. Can... You didn't think you were in the air capital of the world, but that is where you are. There's a lot of airplane yeah. traffic here, so <laughs> no doubt, man. Thank you for the phone call. It was nice seeing you. And I'll see you in a little bit, bud. All right, sounds good, man. Good talking with you. There he goes, Tim Grubbs, voice of the Wichita Wind Surge, and of course he joins us at the season to talk Major League Baseball because that's just what we do. Quick break, your phone calls, and more. Um, and we'll check in on the interns, the Sports Hangover in ESPN New Orleans. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, we could try to fill the remaining time with awkward pauses. It's often done for comedic effect. Is it working? I can't tell if this is funny. Maybe this is so bad it's funny. Wow, we really peaked at the save big when you switched to Progressive part. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Max Kellerman. Jacksonville Jaguars owner Shad Khan said he will not make a hasty decision. Nor will he be swayed by emotion when it comes to Coach Urban Meyer. He's gone. He's fired a number of coaches along the way since he became the owner. So right now, I'm saying on record, Urban Meyer will be fired Mm. at the end of the year. GJ and Max, mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo and Maria in Miami. Jules in Minneapolis and Stan in Central Indiana, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations so you get the product you're looking for. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Oh, big talker, ain't you? A man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. You know what? Stop shaking your head at me. I can see you via Zoom here. Jordan Kleber, J.D. Kleber on Twitter. Look out my window. goes another. It's an Air Force refueler, a tanker. So what keeps flying here. Um, I did not El Gato Negro. Mark Schlesinger, head coach of your UNO Privateers. You said it earlier this hour that you did. Even though he uh, last joined us and they were um, playing well, since then they haven't won a basketball game. Nope. 
Unbelievable. Still got time, though. Still got a couple games left in the season. Can still win the conference. Go to the conference tournament. Do it. You know, we just we won't speak to him. In the, in the meantime. Did he text you, don't ever call me ever no, again? No, he did not. So don't put that in his head. Okay? Okay. Um, I apologize. <laughs> it is what it is. I was trying to make sure everybody knew that his team was playing well. That's all. Um, so let me ask you this, and then we can go over our questions of the day since – we, you know, been playing some interesting sound bites from some of the players and, and coaches and things of that nature from the combine and some of the quarterbacks here as well. You, you cut some sound. I'm going to be playing here in, in hour number three from Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral. Look, seeing Jamison, you heard Ross Jackson's interview. And in case you missed all this, will be on our SoundCloud page here coming up at the end of the show. But I, I, I think Jamison makes sense. Do you go Corral or not? friend of mine texts me. He's like, it's the second coming of Archie Manning. Please don't do that. I'm like, it's two different worlds. I mean, the Saints are not as bad a football team as they were when Archie Manning first got here. He actually will have talent on offense and on defense. So, um, but I, I don't know. I mean, if you do sign Jameis, do you still go quarterback in the first round? Or like Lee said, man, see if there's another team, Pittsburgh at, at 20, that they may want a quarterback or something of that nature. Or another team may want to move up and just move down two, three slots get another second-round pick or another first-round pick, get two, and, you know, do some some things of that nature and kind of build from that. It just makes sense to kind of go through that. But listening to some of those quarterbacks today, from Malik Willis to, to Pickett to Ritter from Cincinnati, do you want to see the Saints go with a young QB or you're good? Let's bring no, I'm here. good. I'm good. I mean, if we waited this long to, you know, I don't think this is the draft class to do it. There have been other draft classes where I thought they should have pulled the trigger on the quarterback, and they never did. Mm-hmm. And I think now that you have a, a young a, I, I, Jameis, Jameis Winston, still a pretty young quarterback. So, I mean, I'm still putting my money on him, letting him play out maybe another – I'd sign up for maybe a year or two, see what he does, and then go from there and, and whatever quarterbacks are in the draft a year or two from now, then you go after them if, if the worst case scenario happens. It's, it's, you look at it like you're starting from uh, scratch. No Drew Brees, no Sean Payton. I know you still have a great team and it, it, it's a team that's a lot of people saying a quarterback away from going to a Super Bowl, but at the same time, I mean, that is one of the key pieces. Right. And I, I just think right now the move would be to stick with a guy that's been in the system for a couple of years now. And have that opportunity, unless it's a guy that you're going to get, like a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers. I want to play a couple of things from the um, combine GMs and head coaches being made available. Brian Gunkist, he is the GM of the Packers. Um, he says no one's cold, essentially, about Aaron Rodgers. See if I can play this with you on. Yeah, there's no, no new updates. Um, but I do think, um, you know, specifically with Aaron, I think he's got a, a very, um, you know, uh, tough process that he goes through to get himself ready to play every season. He's, it's a big commitment and, um, you know, he's done that for a long time and, um, it certainly shows in the results. And I think he feels he needs to do that to, 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 you know, to play the way at the level he plays at. And, um, so I know that that weighs on him, but I think he's going through that now. Yeah, I think that's an obviously um, start of the new league year. There's a lot of decisions that have to be made before that, so that would be, that would be helpful. But um, um, you know, I would I would think we would know something before then. Not at all, Tom. Not at all. Not a single person. All right. So 
Jordan, I know you couldn't hear it, but what he essentially said there was interesting. That he understands that Aaron takes a certain process at the end of every season. It's going to be a bit. He understands that he'd like to know before the, the new league year starts, which is the 16th of March. So he can sort of make those decisions. And then the last thing, it was a three-bite cut there. And uh, he was asked by Tom Palestro if anyone has called about Aaron Rodgers. And he said, not at all. Not a single person. Is that interesting to you, or, or do you think teams are waiting to see what happens with them first before starting it in that in this world where everything gets let out? Remember, like last year, right? It was it was the Niners have they want him, and all these other teams want him. I, I almost think because of what happened last off season, I think teams are going to wait to hear until Aaron Rodgers legitimately says, "I don't want to play here." Then he's going to get phone calls. Yeah, I because that just look at you know different quarterback situation. I think anybody um, around the NFL would want Aaron Rodgers on their team. So I think if if that is the case, I think every single team is going to be reaching out to Green Bay. And uh, I, I don't think you know maybe GMs or you know people within an organization don't want to have any bad animosity towards you know players don't want to have any you know bad bad blood with each other. So I, I think they're going to wait for everything to come out. You look at the Kyler Murray situation. Right. Um, that's, you know, uh, it was com- very odd. I know it's a completely different situation, but like you were saying, nowadays with everything being available to, to everyone, you got to watch what, you know, what is said and done, um, with an, with an organization. But yeah, I'd be waiting a little bit longer. I, it was weird that Aaron Rodgers posted on a social media story, um, a week ago about saying thank you to, everybody within the organization. So that was kind of weird and strange why he was doing that. I know Green Bay said they haven't gotten any calls, but at the same time, definitely raised an eyebrow eyebrow of what Aaron Rodgers did last week. I'm going to play here next hour as well. Mike Tannenbaum's um, thoughts on how he would approach. Remember, he was the GM of the Jets, so I don't know how much he could take that, but what it's worth here a little bit. But – he basically says, I'm the agent for Kyler Murray. Next time you even go on social media, read a tweet or tweet, you're done. <laughs> you know, I mean, he laid it out. He's like, we got Kyler Murray the next three years, two years, and then I'm going to franchise tag him. So I don't want to hear about extension. <laughs> so it kind of rubbed him the wrong way. Jay Will, Keyshawn Johnson touches on it here as well. So we, well, we got a few more sound bites we want to get into, uh, coming up. So, and at some point, as Ross Jackson said, Saints head coach Dennis Allen is going to speak either later today or tomorrow. At some point in the combine, he's going to talk. And then tomorrow, it's players, 4 p.m. They, they run the 40s and all that. And, you know, we'll see, man. Uh, with some of these guys go, and all of a sudden, Saints fans will start falling in love with, with some of these players, you know, into that. You know oh, how it believe works. Me. There's going to be 20 guys. We should get him. Yeah. We should I, go after him. I just, I again, I just keep thinking, um, make the deal happen with, with Jameis Winston. Keep your picks. Fill out your roster, NFC West, NFC South champions next year. I just, I'm all for it. Yeah. Hey, there was another thing. Hey, uh, apparently Corral's been in touch with the Falcons. So, uh oh, I like Matt. You don't like Matt, huh? From what Matt? Uh, no, I like Matt. no, I like Matty Ice. From Matt Ryan to Matt Corral, huh? Oh yeah. But do you, do you know hey. his cap hits like 48 million? I mean, it's north of 40, 42, I think. It's, uh, oh, why would he want to stay in the NFC South? Well, Matt, I think it was Keyshawn today, and I'll play that in the bite next hour. He he suggested that the Colts maybe go bring in Matt Ryan in a trade and do Good that. Good luck. Oh, 
poor noodle arm. He's got no offensive line over there. Poor noodle arm. Uh, anyway, sports hangover continues at hour number three. Thank you, Jordan. We'll check in with you later, maybe. I don't know. You may go take a nap or something. But I got another hour maybe. to get. Jim Eichenhofer my- of the Pelicans will join us. He'll preview tonight's game. And in this upcoming hour, we'll give away tickets, four of them, to tonight's Pels-Kings game. So if you want to go stick around, it'll be in the next two segments, the sports hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Would you know where I did? On the Marrakesh Express. Would you know where I did?